This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I read that it's been 30 years since Jurassic Park came out. I was like, can't be. Is it 30 years? I mean, I know I was young, but yeah, it's been 30 years this summer since Jurassic Park hit theaters. I'll never forget it. Honestly, never forget. I mean, seeing that movie in a theater on the big screen, and and the other part of it was the sound. The sound was incredible. We'd never heard anything like it before. The whole experience, we'd never seen, heard anything like it before. Totally believable dinosaurs starring in their own movie. Absolutely glorious. Still, uh, for my money, one of the top three or four movies of all time. To this day, it still holds up really, really well. But after 30 years, has the absolute jackhammer of influence that that movie had on so many different areas eased up at all? Is it still shaping us to this point today? I think it is in some ways. Maybe not quite as much, but let's find out. We're going to chat now with Travis Holland, who is a senior lecturer in communications at Charles Strutt University in Australia. Travis, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time today, sir. Yeah, no problem at all. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, always happy to talk about Jurassic Park. Yeah, no doubt, right? I mean, it's impossible really to quantify the impact that movie had on society, right? I mean, influential doesn't come close to doing Jurassic Park justice, does it? You know, there's not many film series that have over a billion dollars at the box office for six entries across the series, and Jurassic Park is one of them. I think that Although money's not everything in the world, it, it points to that enduring interest across the whole series, and Jurassic Park as well kicked it all off 30 years ago, uh, as you say, this summer. Let's, let's talk about a few of the areas where it was influential and had an impact. I think, obviously, first of all, filmmaking, right? I mean, you take a look at Jurassic Park. We literally saw what were 100% believable dinosaurs walking. I mean, it, it completely changed the view of what's possible when it comes to movie making. It absolutely did. It was one of those, one of the very first blockbuster films that took CGI really seriously. And nowadays we're pretty oversaturated in CGI. But Jurassic Park took some of that technology, which was just emerging at the time, and applied it alongside the practical effects to really great advantage. And so we get to the cinema and the first glimpse of a, a full-size dinosaur is fully CGI. It's the Brachiosaurus reaching up for the the tree there. Yeah. And that image is, is just so iconic. And then throughout the film, there are about 50 more shots that were fully CGI, and not just the dinosaurs, but also they did a face replacement, which I think is really interesting, and one of the first times that was ever done in cinema. Uh, and so its influence there was was hugely important. It went on to become basically the landmark in how you use CGI mixed with puppetry and practical effects at that point uh, throughout film. And, of course, that was all through ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, out of uh, California, which is George Lucas's special effects house. And 
they just went on to make dozens more films based on that technology that they basically developed and applied for the first time on Jurassic Park. Is it just me that mentions the sound right up with the 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 images i mean we all remember the cup of water on the dash of the vehicle and and and, and you know the the percussion of 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 the footstep but also just this the, the i don't know what you want to call it the scream the call of the t-rex i mean the sound to mm. me was just as influential as the images were it absolutely was and basically a lot of movies i know it's a bane of uh, paleontologists and whatnot but lots of movies now and tv shows and other media follow that template they take the t-rex raw and literally just paste it in there and yeah paleontologists will tell you oh no you know a predatory animal won't roll because otherwise its prey has a time to run away but jurassic park established that template and it, it really went forward and just on the um cup of water the particular sounds that they used there was a guitar string attached to the underside of the car dash and they sort of plucked the string to make the ripples in the water really Fascinating. Mm. Okay. The other thing that I think it really, I mean, uh, dinosaurs were always cool, and I think kids were always interested in dinosaurs, but it seems to me there was an absolute explosion in interest in dinosaurs, paleontology, all of it. It just, it totally reached a new level. I mean, the influence it had on that area of science is massive, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I feel that there's this generation of um, millennial paleontologists, and people sometimes still talk as millennial as short term for youth, but really we're we're approaching our 40s now, or some of us are there. And there's this explosion of millennial paleontologists that really grew up with Jurassic Park and those kinds of films, and saw the way that they were becoming, or that dinosaurs through those films were becoming such a central part of culture in general and took that to their advantage in moving into their sciences. And so what we really see through paleontology now is this move towards um, ecology, the focus on how dinosaurs really live their life rather than just what they look like. And that, in part, I think, was popularised also by Jurassic Park. Now, it was in turn building on a couple of decades of science, right. which was called the dinosaur renaissance at the time. And it took all of that science and said, OK, now we're going to put that into the public sphere. And that's what the advantage of a blockbuster film has over any scientific publication you want to name. But that's the thing about, I mean, the science, how closely... I remember um, them talking about the fact that, you no, know, dinosaurs evolved into birds. And I, and if at that time, I think that was a relatively new concept. But, I mean, some of those scientific, the things we were learning about dinosaurs were sort of cemented by the film, right? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the major clades of dinosaurs, uh, its name basically translates to bird-hipped, and then the other one is not bird-hipped. So yeah. it's been known for a long time that there was a relationship there, but it, again, wasn't really a public thing um, and certainly through the 80s and 90s it wasn't really very public it was not very long after Jurassic Park that they started to find in China some of the first fossilised dinosaurs with feathers and really established that link to birds in a much more concrete visual way for um, for our culture but that notion of dinosaurs as birds as active moving about as well in the same way that birds do you know birds aren't slow animals and i guess previously in the culture we had seen dinosaurs as much slower mm -hmm. um as possibly cold-blooded similar to lots of other reptiles that we that we see in the world today but 
if you think of them instead as very active, fleet-footed, uh, constantly observing and moving along, in particular chasing prey and leaping after prey, then that was the thing that Jurassic Park brought forward out of the science and put it into the public domain, probably for the first time. Uh, it really took, as I say, decades of science from the dinosaur renaissance and said, here it is on the big screen writ large. The other scientific piece that I think it sort of changed was, was, was DNA. I mean, it predated OJ. I think a lot of people got an exposure to DNA and what it is during the OJ Simpson trial, remarkably. But prior to that, we had Jurassic Park and, and, and sort of the in, DNA suddenly became something and people were saying, is this, is this real? Can we do this? So, I mean, the advances around DNA suddenly became mainstream, right? Yeah, Crichton writes in, so Michael Crichton writes in the Jurassic Park novel that genetic power is sort of the next revolution in the world, in his view. It's, it's one of these major turning points in history, uh, at the start of Jurassic Park. And of course he's setting up the novel, but I think that's probably how he saw some of these developments shaking out. And again, he was really good in a similar way at taking some of the things that were happening in science and bringing it forward. Now, of course, it's not at all possible to revive dinosaurs based on DNA. It simply right. decays far too far too quickly for that. But uh, there have been moves much more recently to bring back extinct animals through their DNA. And we're talking of animals that have only been extinct for a couple of hundred years or, or less in the first go, uh, or back to the Pleistocene in the case of some of the, uh, the mammoths and whatnot as well. But... Uh, it's still really interesting that application of ancient DNA is certainly underway now, 30 years later. It is. It's amazing. Yeah. And when you just take a look at, we're talking about Jurassic Park 30 years ago, but that was the start, right? I mean, it, it, there's a, I don't know if you want to call it a genre, but there's the whole series and there's this whole Jurassic, I mean, I know the film's called Jurassic World, but there really is a world that surrounds this. Yeah. It's, it probably reignited dinosaur mania. Um, in the public for, you know, which had probably been dormant for a little bit. As I say, there was this spate of dinosaur discoveries through the 60s and onwards, uh, but that was in the sort of scientific realm and, and really the public had started to lose interest. I guess uh, space became a sort of more sexy science at that point <laughs> for a fairly yeah, weird totally reason. Did. Um, and, uh, and the two of those, you know, I, I studied both space and dinosaurs from a pop culture perspective and it's really interesting to, to veer back and forth between them. But yeah, for a while dinosaurs have died off and in, in 1858, you know, they first launched these Crystal Palace dinosaurs in London and shortly after that we had the first mounted dinosaur skeletons in the US and there were all sorts of developments happening but then through that latter part of the 1900s um, things changed and science and culture moved on. Jurassic Park said nope put it back on the map again and dinosaurs have remained uh, ever popular I think in, in culture pretty much ever since. As you say there's been a whole bunch more Jurassic films and in that particular series, there's TV shows and games and lots of toys. I mean, you can't walk into a toy store oh, nowadays no. <laughs> without seeing Jurassic Park toys. But every other um, every other franchise is latching onto dinosaurs. I mean, they were in the in one of the most recent Marvel movies as well. So, uh, and then we had a, a film like '65, which uh, probably tanked. <laughs> I would say um, fairly reasonably so, but. Yeah, those those films keep coming forward. 
No, and we've got an NBA team called the Raptors in, in Canada, right? I mean, it, it, it just crosses all boundaries. It, it's sports, it's entertainment, it's, it's everything. Cause like you say, dinosaurs, uh, very, very sexy and very, very cool again because of this movie. It's amazing. The, the influence. And, and I think we'll continue to feel that for the foreseeable future because it's that pivotal in our experience, I think. Yeah. And we have these fantastic paleontological institutions throughout Canada has a, a massive, um, of course, history and, and uh, massive contributions in this field. Very well-known paleontologists out of out of Canada as well. And you have the opportunity to go and visit these museums. You walk out of a, a film and you say, I, I want to know a bit more about this animal. Let's go and see what yeah. it was really like. And so you can walk into a museum and see the skeletons mounted. You can find out more information. And for me, that pivot point is really, really interesting. Lots of people won't look beyond the films, but... I find it really interesting to say how do people take these sometimes inaccurate, sure, um, you know, they're, they're made for entertainment, but how do people take these depictions and say, I want to learn more about that and, and what influence does that then have on science going forward? Exactly. Open the door to so many things. Travis, great conversation. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it.